You are listening to the Real Estate Growth Hackers Show. All right, welcome to Real Estate Growth Hackers Live. Again, I am Zach Hammer. Uh, today, I've got John Pickle with us. Uh, he is out of Bloomfield Hills area of Michigan. He's got 17 years of experience in mortgage and real estate, 10 years as a realtor. Uh, he talks about how to build systems uh, that help people build a real business. Uh, and, and, and one of the things that he specializes in that I think you guys are really going to enjoy, uh, he talks about private lending and essentially how you can put together uh, investment funding in order to uh, purchase homes for people that aren't in the traditional sort of uh, uh, traditional sort of vein with 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 their real estate goals uh, where, where maybe they need to get uh, get it listed fast where maybe they need you need to be able to flip it uh, essentially putting together creative ways of dealing with the uh, with with the real estate transaction to get you more deals get more listings build up an inventory uh, and have more tools in your tool belt to do so so we're gonna dive into that in just a second Real quick, before we get into this interview, I want to talk to you guys about something we're up to called Local Celebrity Show. Uh, if you go to localcelebrityshow.com, you can see what we're up to. We're helping real estate agents put together a form of content where you can get in front of your market and really appeal to the market whether or not they're in the market for a transaction right now. Uh, you do that by, by talking about what's great about your community, by talking about the cool local businesses, uh, the, 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 the restaurants, the, the places that do, are doing events, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, featuring your community, getting that in front of your community, uh, and then putting together a weekly show about that. Uh, if you want help doing that, if you like that idea, if you like that concept, check us out at localcelebrityshow.com where you can get more information about that, possibly hop on a call and see if what we're doing is a good fit for you. But right now, we're talking to John. John, let's go ahead and, and dive into this. Welcome on to the show. Thanks for having me, Zach, man. I love your shirt. Just uh, sell it. Yeah, so, right, yeah. right. Appreciate yeah, it. Uh, a yep. of mine, you may be familiar with him on uh, on Instagram. The the broke agent has uh, some cool some cool shirts and and merch that he uh, that he <laughs> out, as well as some some great real estate humor. So yeah, it's a it's a, it's it's a fun shirt. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Thanks again for having me. Let's uh, let's yeah. rock it out. Yeah, let's do it. So, so first off, one of the things that I like to uh, like to find out about uh, is is kind of a quick idea of you know where you where you started in the real estate world. Tell me a bit about like your 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 history, how you got into real estate. You know, most most little kids don't grow up dreaming of being a realtor. So, what, uh, what is your story for uh, for getting into the real estate? Uh, well, it all started about two thousand and two. Actually, I was in the mortgage business. And it, it was great for about five to six years until the market crashed. And I ended up traveling and uh, moving to Virginia Beach for a couple of years. The market stayed stronger there because they have a strong military base. and A lot of people buy and sell. And then it started to die down a little bit there in uh, late 2009. That's when I came back and got my realtor license. Initially, my plan was to sit at camp out at a big realtor office and have them feed me mortgages, work from 10 to 4, uh, Monday through Friday, make a good $10,000 a month, support my family, and uh, live the American dream. Unfortunately, it didn't work out like that. Uh, other agents, realtors, they don't like dealing with mortgage guys. So uh, that was a conflict of interest. I was thrown to the wolves, had to deal with some buyers, had to deal with some listings, and I also was doing loans at the time for the first four or five years in real estate. Um, until I was a little bit overwhelmed with real estate and kind of just said, let me uh, push that aside and focus on this. Um, so th that, that was the core of the beginning um, overall, you know, so it was about 2009, end of 2009. It's been about a decade as an actual real tour. And, um, you know, it, it's been, it's a battle for sure. It, it's not something easy at all. Um, you definitely have to understand it's an expense. You don't get paid. You spend your gas money. You do your car maintenance until you start closing deals. So it, it's a constant battle. But uh, after about three years in the business, I, I learned from someone who was kind of way up in the business on how to build a listing portfolio and how to have that to where you're not just running around with your, you know, with buyers day and night and living on your next deal where you have enough pendings flowing to where, you I mean, you could actually be on vacation and, you know, deals are still going pending and closing and doing different things. So eventually you learn to work harder. I mean, work smarter, not harder and stuff. Right, you right. still end up having to work hard though. Uh, and that's another thing I've learned the hard way. It's like uh, the harder I work, the, the better it is, no matter how smart I'm working. It's, it's just, right. Yeah. But I, I, I you know, 
I was just going to say, but but taking those listings and whatnot, it ends up being less of that roller coaster, right? It's more a, more of a you you put in the work and kind of know what to expect fairly consistently. Yeah, as long as you're uh, you know pretty aggressive with the pricing and not overly aggressive, you know, but you know just and uh, you know being smart with your commission, protecting your money, protecting the seller's money as if it's your own, and that's one of the things I let them know when they ask for a discount on commission and stuff. So. Um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a great comeback. Protect your money as if it's my own. So if, uh, if somebody says, hey, well, just give it to me for 4%, if I'm going to give away the farm right away, I mean, I'm going to give away your farm as well. So right. uh, real estate is more than sales. It's actually, you know, it, it's having someone that you are fiduciary, you have fiduciary responsibility to do your best for. So right. it, it's a pretty deep relationship. It goes back about, a hundred years if you look really look at the history on where realtors started and what type of liabilities and uh, legalities we have to live by so, right yeah absolutely you know. absolutely so so you may you mentioned this uh uh you know a little bit so my, my next question is generally what what obstacles you know did you face kind of along the way of getting started and you, and you talked about that a bit of of kind of the struggle of being in mortgage and, and dealing with real estate agents. So you, you also yeah. get into it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it's, it's ongoing. It's just different levels of, of struggling till this day. And I'm still uh, uh, working to get over humps, but I, you know, I'm thankful to where I got it. And it's a lot, there's a long way to go, but if you want to talk back at the beginning in the first three years, it's working with buyers, you know, running around trying to show them houses, you, at first, you're going to deal with people in your family and your friends, your sphere of influence. You're going to get a few listings here and there, but you're not going to really have any understanding of how to generate business and actually generate listings. And right. that's why about 80 to 90% of realtors fail in the first like year, I think, and then they're out of the business. I mean, I just met a guy at uh, Sprint or something the other day, and he's like, hey, I was a realtor. And I said, uh, yeah, you know what happened? He said, I'm here <laughs> at Sprint. So, <laughs> you know, that was, uh, you know, so I gave him a card and said, uh, you know, yeah, have a nice day. But overall, uh, if you want to talk more about the struggles, the 10 to 4 plan, five days a week, ended up being a seven-day-a-week plan. Right. Because as a realtor, and you, you have to work Saturdays and Sundays, those are like Mondays for, for the normal 9 to 5 businessman or mortgage guy or any of that. So it's, it's a whole lot of work, man. You know, if you, if you learn to love it, I don't, I never really had a deep love for it. And it actually, uh, from the standpoint of, man, that's a great kitchen. That's a great bathroom or, you know, uh, the way uh, a lot of you know people are about homes over, over the t over time, it kind of, it started sinking in and, you know, you enjoy the aspect that you're, you know, you're going to make some money, but it's not really, so where I find my joy is really, you know, being a benefit to, to the sellers and buyers and letting them know how I can be a benefit, you know, and, and from the private lending aspect, if you have private lending, you can also offer that to, I know you're going to probably get to that question, but as a, as a realtor, from a realtor standpoint, you can offer that on your listing. So you have another way to sell homes. So it's a, just an additional way. And there's a lot of people out there with the mortgage guidelines that have the 20% down that are self-employed and different things, but they can't get a loan because they don't show enough on their taxes at this time for whatever reason. Yeah. So, let, so let, let's, let's dive into that. So let, let's talk a bit about like kind of your unique strategy, some of what, what, what you've found in terms of being able to, you know, being able to stay in business, being able to get the business that you need, do the deals that you need to. Uh, it, one of the things that you mentioned to me before we, you know, before we hopped on this was, uh, was, yeah, doing the the private lending, getting 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 funding together in order to uh, create deals that might not normally happen. So let, so let's dive into that. Let, you know, what what is the basic? Yeah, idea? no, it's that that's huge. If I didn't have that back in 2010, 11, 12, it was so hard to get a loan. Uh, there's no way I would have still been in this business today and stuff. And uh, you know, so o overall, um, you, you if you can build a list of land contract buyers, people that right. you know might never get a loan. You know, they just want to buy a land contract and they have that good down payment. And when certain properties come up in the areas that they're looking, you go to that listing agent or if it's a for sale by owner, you have a cash buyer. 
right. your investor is the cash buyer. So the cash buyer, in some cases, you 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 negotiate that deal. You know, but you make sure that that land contract person is also willing to put up some money with the right. with the investor. You know, a land contract purchase agreement based on him closing on this property. If he closes on it, you know, that's when you're fully fully committed. You're already committed, but you're you know that the buyer of the land contract already knows that he has someone in place to sell it to. All those numbers are worked out. And these deals are fast, no appraisals. You can close them in three days. You know, you can close them in one day if the title's ready. So it's just additional ammunition to, to the overall real estate business. Cool. So you, so you mentioned, you mentioned a, few, a few steps here. So that you need to build a, a list of land contract buyers, right? So, so talk to us a bit about that. How do you find those people? Well, uh, you know, finding those people is, you, you know, for me, it, it's kind of like I, I know a lot of people that, uh, you know, in certain communities that don't have a, enough in, in, you know, tax returns that don't show enough income or, you know, or in cash businesses. And, you know, they, they have the cash to put down, but they just can't get a mortgage because of, you know, the guidelines. And, and so you build up an, uh, enough of those and you know you have the cash investor, you just have to find the house. So when you right. find the house that the end buyer, you know, is going to want, then you just, you know, you make it happen. You just got to make the numbers work. And, and the great thing is you don't have to go through the appraisal and the loan process and all that. You just need to have someone with money that is ready to buy. And you need to have someone else that's ready to buy off that someone who's ready to buy with a good down payment, who's getting seller or either some cases it could be seller finance, but in these cases it's investor financed. I mean, but it's investor purchased and then sold to the next person, usually the same day, immediately after. I gotcha. So, so, so you, you, you talked about this a little bit. So finding the people, finding the, the, the cash buyers. So you, you mentioned, uh, that, that the, the income level that they, that they show like on taxes doesn't, doesn't, look high enough. To, can you dive into that a bit more? So part of the goal here is that we want, we want yeah. to be able to walk people through the strategy so that they can, for sure. they can implement for it. For sure. Well, a lot of realtors really don't have a, 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 the knowledge of what the mortgage people have. I, I do. So it's a, it's a, it's a debt to income ratio, how much your liabilities are, your, you know, your car payment, your credit, uh, credit cards and all that. And um, if that's too high compared to what you're actually showing on your tax returns, a lot of cases, if somebody is a real estate investor, they might not show a lot because if they own 20 houses, they could have took a lot of losses, had a lot of maintenance that year. So even though their gross is 200,000, by the time that's all said and done, they only made 40, they, you know, they can't really buy the house that they want and stuff. So, um, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's, so it's about detecting, detecting those, those right debt to income, income ratios where you, uh, where you could see that they have the money coming in, but it but it may not show on paper the same way as a you know traditional salaried kind of employee. Pretty much, and a good place to you know maybe even get some of those is if you uh, if if they're if you have a good mortgage lender who has someone that he's not getting approved, say hey he can send them to you to get get them to buy, and then they can refinance with him in a couple of years as soon as their uh, taxable income's up. Gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, so a good a good way is to turn around and basically say, hey, let's talk about who are the people that are are unqualified. Let's talk about how we still get them get them something now, and then make that work out over the long run. <clears throat> that makes that makes a ton of sense. That makes a ton of sense. Okay, cool. And so so essentially, the game is putting together enough of those people. So you, you know, the strategy might be that just like you mentioned, you go out, you reach out to uh, to you know, to maybe a lender, maybe different lenders and kind of say, Hey, this is, this is something that I can help with. Here's how it would be beneficial to you. We get them refinanced in the years to come or when they, uh, uh, or maybe they want to, they want to move into a different property in the long run. Uh, th those kinds of ideas, we essentially work together on the deal in the, as a long-term thing, but we get them into something right now. Um, so how, how do you, how do you ultimately, uh, so you mentioned they essentially they have the cash to buy the property now, right? That's that's what you're that's what you said. So, well, you you not only need the cash buyer who's the investor, you also need, in most cases, not all cases, but you need the land contract buyer. 
the person that's actually getting private financed. Okay, because uh, in, in those cases, you're able to put a deal together that's closer to retail, more so when if it's just the investor who's buying the house, right. he wants that wholesale to flip. Right. So he wants to only put up about 70 to 80% of the value, which is right. what he's going to be putting up if he finances that end buyer, the land contract buyer. So his money is still safe in that same position while, you know, that person has 20 to 30% down. So it ends up not being a flip, but you have, uh, you have both sides, uh, you know, working. And then at the same time, of course, you know, you, you build up the, you know, the regular buyers as well, the pre-approved buyers who are conventional FHA, good, solid, loyal ones, as we were talking about. And you have to educate them. Sometimes it could even be your cousin or your family member who you showed houses to for a year who all of a sudden said, I just bought this for sale by owner. But meanwhile, if they would have told you, you could have uh, called and that buyer's eight and that for sale by owner would have definitely paid that 3%. And you could have worked on that buyer's behalf and potentially negotiated a better deal. Right. Right. Well, let's, let, let's stay on, let's stay on this one for now so that okay. we can, we can, we can yeah. out the idea to make sure that people understand. So, so we're, attracting, good. we're attracting the, the, the people who, uh, have a hard time getting qualified because of because of the the way that the that the cash flows in their business work. It, on paper, they don't look like they could buy the houses that they could buy. So we find those people. How do we how do yeah. we find the land contract buyers themselves? Those are the land contract buyers. Oh, okay, okay. So so you mentioned so you mentioned two different two different groups of people. I must be misunderstanding. The land contract buyers are the ones that aren't approved for a regular mortgage. Okay. The cash buyers are the investors who have the cash to buy these houses and flip them immediately to these people that aren't approved. And ah, these people fair enough. Are okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm tracking with you. So the land, land contract buyers are essentially, there are, there are buyers that are, that are going to have a hard time with the traditional way. Our, 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 cash, our cash buyers, our cash investors are the ones who are going to seize on this opportunity as a way to, to, to get, get, you know, make their money do, do more work for them in, in the process. How do, how do we find, how do we find these, these cash buyers? Well, I mean, you can contact me. <laughs> okay. And, uh, you, know, you know, unless you, you, you know, a lot of agents already have private investors. So, you know, they're, they're out there, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, I can refer some out if they, if, if people give me a call or, you know, send okay. me a message. Okay, fair enough. So, I mean, and, and, and applying this, applying this principle. So, I mean, that, that is often the way, right? It's, it's, it's about, it's about networking. It's about, about finding these people who do these kinds of deals frequently. Absolutely. And then, Absolutely. and then it's, and then, like you said, it's about ultimately finding the property, right? So what, one of the ways that, that I've seen historically of, of finding uh, cash buyers just, you know, for the audience as, as, as a method is that you can actually, uh, you know, you can put out, um, you know, you could put out information on like on like Craigslist about uh, about you know uh, you know that 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 you that you have properties that that are off market that you're looking for cash buyers on, and that you ultimately attract these kinds of people as well. Networking, just like you mentioned, is a great way. So connecting with with people like yourself, John, as a as a way to find those um, you know find those investors, find those cash buyers who are looking for deals, and then being able to put something in front of them. These are all great ways to sort of find these uh, these these investor sort of clients, right? Absolutely. Building relationships, you know, all around. Awesome. And so, and then you said the final piece of the puzzle. So essentially the, the, the deal structure that we're putting together here is we have a buyer who's going to have a hard time do, going the traditional route. We have our, our investor who is, is going to be the source of funding in order to get that buyer uh, a property that they, that they can afford. They're just not the traditional uh, uh, sort of, uh, of way of looking at it on paper, right? Yeah. Well, uh, look, look, yeah. No, go ahead. Oh, and, and then, and then ultimately, we have to find the property for the buyer themselves. So, so let's talk about that. How do we, how do we find the right sort of properties that, uh, that that's going to be a good fit for the buyer and a good fit for the uh, the investor? So, yeah. and that's what a lot of people might uh, doubt in some cases, like, oh, this right. person's not approved. They're not approved. But when you really look at the deepness of the reality of, uh, of let's say, consider yourself a lender and. You know, would you rather loan someone on a hundred thousand dollar house because um, they had good credit with three thousand down, or somebody that might have had some medium or whatever credit but with thirty thousand down? 
I mean, we're, you know, this is the person with good credit could lose their job, could end up not paying you, you know, easier than, you know, and then plus they'd be like almost underwater if they bought at retail. This person with the 30% down range is, you know, they can sell their house in most cases if, if it really shit hits the fan, let's say. Right. In the French. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was part of your question, but your main question, what was the last part to your question? So that, the, that's so, what yeah. So the main question is, is how do you find the properties? How do you find the properties that are, that okay. are a good fit? What does that look like? Well, here's the thing with, uh, you know, and, and this opens up a lot of doors for realtors. A lot of times they're dealing with the land, land contract buyers. These ones that we're talking about, there are, a lot of them are already dealing with them, but they're only looking for properties that are on the realtor market or, you know, whether it's a for sale, let's just say on the realtor market that are, that the owner is offering seller financing. Right. So it really limits that buyer on what they're able to find. There's like a few in each town and basically, so um, there's not, I mean, you know, there's a bunch in Detroit, but overall there's not, they're not a dime a dozen. So right. once you, let that land contract buyer know they can look at any house they want that's for sale on the realtor market on Zillow or wherever. Just make sure to let you know, and you'll put the numbers together, negotiate the deal, have your investor buy it and, and sell it to them. Um, and you know, they, they would already have seen it and agreed as well. So um, it would all be in place for not a simultaneous close, but a back to back closing. You know, gotcha. pretty much in some cases you can get paid on both closings as well because you're getting paid you know you're getting paid through your through the seller when you know whoever's selling the house as a buyer's agent and depending on what you work out with your investor um, who's selling it to that buyer you know there could be another commission involved as well gotcha so so, so yeah so the so in terms of finding the house, essentially what you're saying is the, the, the house itself is pretty much any house on the market, right? So uh, as long as they have about 20 to 30% down, that's the most crucial factor over yeah, yeah. anything over, you know, and showing some ability to pay from a standpoint of showing you have a decent job or some type of flow of income. In some cases, you know, certain investors don't even look at that. They just care about the down payment and they feel their money's safe. But you know, in some cases, you got to show a little more uh, strength as well. Some investors want to see an exit plan where you're going to be out in a couple of years. You're going to get a mortgage. It takes two years after a Chapter 7 bankruptcy to get an FHA. You're one year in, uh, you know, so in a year or so, you're going to get a mortgage. I got gotcha. you. Uh, so, yeah, so they're, they're looking for what what's their next step where they get their they get their money back out. And so on, on the investor end, what 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 are they looking at in terms of, of, of returns on, on these kinds of deals? Well, an investor, let's say, for example, on the 100000 if they're buying the house for $100,000, they are going to sell it back to that next buyer at one fifteen, let's say, on average. So that's a $15,000 markup. They're selling it for $15,000 higher than they bought it. $30,000 down, you got $85,000 loan, and usually you're paying 8 9%. You know, the maximum's 11 right now in Michigan, but you're, you know, right. these how these guys make their money off interest monthly, and then also selling it to you for higher than what they paid. But I've seen a lot of people are like, "That's crazy, fifteen thousand higher. That's insane. I'm not dealing with that crook. That guy's an asshole." You know what I mean? So, but there, I mean, the reality is, you're using that, that person's cash as leverage to get right. you the best right. deal possible. I've had plenty of deals, examples just like that that two and a half years later, these people sold their houses for 160, 170,000 and made 40 or 50,000. And, you know, they're loving the guy for life. So it's just kind of like a way of thinking and experience and, and you know, knowing other people that it's worked out for, and, um, you know, so. Well, you know, and, some, and, yeah. and just, just like you said, I mean, the other, the other reality of it is, uh, you know, the, 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 the investor's option is always to not, not put money in too, right? So like the reality is that the, the, the deal happens because the investor is willing to take a risk as well, right? They're willing to, they're willing to yeah. put the money into it. And, and there, there's nothing to say that they shouldn't be rewarded for that, right? Like they should, they should make money. Absolutely. For, for Absolutely. You know, that's, you know, 
We also yeah. got we all got to start somewhere. You know, they could have been flipping houses at the beginning and right uh, or whatever it took. You know, so it's just money works for you. We all know that. That's the, exactly. that's the rich man's way. Exactly. And essentially they're, they're getting, they're, they're making their money. They're making a fee as a result of fronting the money so that, you know, to, to help somebody who can't do the traditional route. Cause that, that's the reality. If they could do the traditional route, they'd do the traditional route and save the money. Right. Like they, that, that's how that's they it. go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yep. yeah, that makes, that makes tons of sense. So for, for the, in, for the investors, so just to make sure that, that I, that I'm clear on this part, it, you, you mentioned, one of the biggest things that they care about is going to be the 20 to 30 down. Um, outside of that, are there, are there types of properties or anything that, that you found uh, well, kind of on an investor by investor basis? Yeah, well, that's a great question. And there's a real simple answer. The, the answer is investors prefer properties that are more beat up. They don't want a property okay. to be all granite kitchen with top of line cabinets and bathroom, because if they get that house back and all that stuff's messed up, then their investment money is not as safe. So in most cases, they like fixer uppers, houses with older kitchens, older bathrooms, stuff that's not being bought at top dollar retail. So in reality, when they're loaning 70 to 80% of the value, or you know, you know, basically that they're really at, if the person actually does go in and upgrade it and do the kitchen and bathroom, then they're really, their money's even safer. And then that right. person not only is their money safer because the house is worth more? That person has sweat equity in it, more money in it, so it's it's just a safer bet all around. Yeah, so they're so part of what they're part of what they're looking at is 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 what is the upward potential, right? If it's already if it's already at the top end, if it's already top of the line, then it's then it there there's not really much further that it could go. But if it's if it's in a in a good area, good neighborhood, and and as is at the lower end of the quality, you can increase the quality and and get a return on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it. I mean, if you really want to just uh, you know just break it down to like updated kitchens, updated bathrooms, newer roofs, furnaces, windows. These are like the five or six components that are like the main things that uh, you know, and especially the kitchen and bathroom. If you have an older right. kitchen and bathroom, the, those are things that you know, that can be upgraded pretty easily. But the other things are important too. So you just gotta kind of monitor that. Cause uh, if you really get into a house where the windows are new, the roof's new, everything's new. Right. Then the investor might say, you know what? I might need 40% down on this one. Cause if this person trashes this house and leaves me with, uh, you know, that, I mean, it might be, you know, so sometimes it's a case by case situation, but there's some good lenders out there that won't nitpick that either, but uh, I've seen some of that along the way. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, cool. So I, I, I think, I think in terms of the, uh, in terms of the strategy itself, we've, we've sort of uh, walked through the process. So we, we, we know how to find the people, right? So that, that that's essentially a, 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 most often it sounds like talking uh, to, you know, your, your, your lenders in the area, your mortgage professionals, finding the people that aren't a good fit for them. Maybe, honestly, maybe even putting it out uh, into your local real estate, you, you know, in your office, just you, being, making it aware, sort of putting it out there that, that you can help people who are in these more difficult situations. And as a result, you're able to make deals happen that other people aren't and, yep. and find those opportunities, right? For sure. You're right, you're right on. And on top of that, just people that are in cash businesses, that don't show a lot of taxes, but make a lot. Landscaping companies, you know what I mean? Uh, any type of cash business, you know, from like little restaurants, right. islands, party stores, gas stations, anything that there's a lot of cash flow right. that you guys are, I mean, you're, you know, I'm not saying they're cheating on their taxes, but even real estate investors, some of them are, you know, but that's also right. not your problem. You know, but, uh, you know, you know, some of them are, but the point is some of them do take losses and know how to, you know, uh, you know, show the losses and and not pay as much taxes. Right. You know? they're, they're they're working the system the way that the, the essentially the system's designed to. They see, you know, that you're supposed to be able to take the losses and all that. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of people don't know you can actually take a loss for depreciation of value on a home. So right. if the property went down from a hundred thousand uh, uh, to seventy thousand, that that's a loss and stuff right. for real estate investors. So. There's a lot of different ways. So you just have to have a good accountant for all that. But uh, Yeah, yes. right. 
But so in, in terms of finding these kinds of people where you can help them in this way, and this, this offer is going to be advantageous. We're, we're looking, we're honestly, we're looking for the deals that most agents probably aren't willing to put the work into for, right? Like, cause you gotta be, you gotta be creative. You gotta be ready to problem solve. You gotta, you gotta find the, uh, the, 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 the ones that aren't easy in order to find these opportunities as well. Right. You do, you do, you definitely do. And then, uh, you know, there's certain times, it, it, they become easier deals than any other deals. Right. But you know, you know, when you haven't done something, it's always hard. You know. Right. I mean? Right. So, you know, anything anything worth doing is uh, definitely going to take some work. You know. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. So generating generating these kinds of buyers is is making those connections, getting your name out there, making it clear that you help these the 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 people in this specific situation where they could buy a home. Uh, financially, but the on paper, it, 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 they don't, they don't look like the right kind of buyer for traditional financing. So that's, that's kind of how we find those people. Right. And then the next step is that we're, we're looking for the investors, for the people who, who are, are, are able and willing to put up the kind of money uh, in these situations, comfortable with these kinds of deals. That's, that's largely networking. That's talking to people like yourself. Uh, that's talking to uh, uh, you know, that, that that's potentially uh, putting out information on like on Craigslist or Facebook, talking about uh, looking for, for cash properties, saying that you have properties that are available to buy this way uh, in order to start generating those relationships, right? Absolutely. And then in some cases, you know, if, if those sellers are willing to negotiate, you'll just have the cash buyer buy it and then they might fix right. it up, flip it and you list it for them. So right. that, that's just another option that is right. What we're talking about here. Right. It all, it all, it's all about making all those pieces line up where everybody's interests are, are, are in aligned and, and, and what everybody wants out of the deal kind of happens. Right. You got it, Zach. There you yeah, go. There you go. Point. And so then yeah. in, in terms of, in, in terms of finding the properties, some of the things that we talked about on that uh, for the, for the, you know, the land contract buyer are, 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 you know, let, let's call them a distressed buyer. It's, it's not, it's not the right, it's not the right term, but the, uh, uh, you know, uh, are, our creative buyer, let's let's call it that, right? So our, our creative buyer, they uh um on their end, they can now essentially look at any property, right? Because you're you're kind of taking care of the uh, the hard work on the back end, right? Um, from the investor standpoint, they might lean more toward properties that uh uh that are going to um have have some upward potential that that needs some work that needs some help. Uh, and they're banking on the on the buyer kind of putting that work into making that property better as well, which helps protect their investment. Yeah, well, if they, and if and if their business mind, the the actual creative buyer, as you called it, they actually it works out better for them as well, right? Because they have something where they can build equity, their money's safer as well, and they have some right. skin in the game. That's what right. the twenty to thirty percent is. So, exactly, exactly. And so then, and then, what's that? If they have more in the game by work and sweat equity and hiring people and doing all that, then you know they're they're actually building equity and they and they use the cash lever as leverage to get the best deal possible as well. You know, some people just want a house to make them happy though. So right. you know that and you know they, they so but you know a lot of people out there do love the fact when you explain it to them and let them know. I mean, this is your if you bought this brand new house, it's kind of like buying that brand new car. You pull off the lot, you lose twenty, thirty thousand. You get that brand new house, or you get that house that has the new kitchen, the bathroom, the windows, the roof, the everything. Right. As soon as you pull off, you might have lost a little something. Maybe not as bad as a car, but you're not that guy down the street who bought it for sixty thousand less, who only has to spend twenty to you know make it worth as much as yours and stuff. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, cool. So yeah, so I I, th I think that the the concept of kind of this this working with buyers who are in in need of more of a creative solution, um, being able to find those deals that other people are missing because they're looking for the 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 easy sort of lay down buyers, the easy uh, traditional uh, you know transaction. Uh, by doing this, you're able to you know carve out an area of the market that honestly, the more that uh, that we kind of enter into into shifting markets, the more that we enter into into you know less traditional uh, sort of space, the more often you, you need to be ready to do this kind of stuff, right? Absolutely, you know, absolutely. There's no question about it. You know, it's just it, once you get your first one or two under your belt, I mean, you you really realize that. I mean. <laughs> You, you can, it's something that you can actually, you know, I can call an agent right now and say, hey, uh, um, I see this property's listed at a hundred thousand. 
you know, my investor is willing to pay 90,000. Would your seller consider it? Okay. Yeah. I'll call them. Or did you show it yet? And they call back and say, yeah, you know, you're buying this house, $90,000 cash as is, you know, you, before you even see it, you're doing some of the legwork. So right. you confirm that, you know, your other buyer, uh, you know, you take him over there make sure they like it. And then you put it all together. So it's a, something that you can close as is and you can close within days you know a lot of these mortgage deals take 30 to 45 days and that's why people fall out of the business and are back working at sprint and stuff like that you know so it's nothing wrong with sprint but i'm just saying uh you know you got to be on the clock from nine to nine at a lot of these jobs or nine to five and um you know even though i'm working seven days a week you know i still managed to coach my son for seven years since he was six to the age of 13, uh, you know, at every practice, every basketball game and run around on my daughter's stuff and tennis and be able to be there for all of that. And, uh, you know, for the most part, unless I really had to service a client and, you know, I was busy, you know, I wasn't able to, but for the most part, you can schedule, you know, you have a lot of freedom compared to, uh, you know, what's out there and stuff once you get to a certain point. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of work, but like, you know, Hey, if I, uh, if you're, if you're, if you're not able or willing to put in the work, like you said, there's always Sprint, there's always Uber, right? Like you can, yeah, you can exactly. get a normal job, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. So yeah, let's, exactly. let's, let's dive into one of the other topics that you were mentioning about, sure. uh, about working with uh, loyal buyers. So what, what do you find in terms of the strategy of making sure that, um, that you don't, you know, you, you, you described the scenario of, you know, you're out, you're showing, you show 20 homes and then they call you up and, and basically say, Hey, I found the, I found a fizzball I'm going to go with and, uh, and essentially cut you out of the deal. So how, how do you, how do you deal with this situation where, uh, uh, to, to, to either fix that, uh, uh what's that process look yeah. like to, to make sure that your buyers are staying loyal? Yeah, well that, that exact scenario that I told you about earlier about the dude, uh, that I was working with, he was actually a broker and he you know, showed this client 20 houses on the weekend who was his relative. And you know, we were talking about it later in the week and he says, yeah, they went and found a for sale by owner. And I said, I told him, I said, that was your fault. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I've made that same mistake. Uh, I said, first of all, if it's a close buyer, a relative or a friend or, or someone you kind of like have a, a good referral from, you need to let them know right away you know, that Anything they find, if they happen to find something else that's not part of the search that you set them up to a realtor site, to, uh, you know, that you're working for them on their behalf, you're going to give you the number, let them, you call them, make sure uh, they're working with realtors. Most of them are, because that's what the for sale by owner and the Zillow buyers are. They, you know, a lot of them say it right on there. We're working with buyer's agents, 3% of buyer's agents. So there was no need for that person to cut out the cousin and, you know, go direct because the cousin, the buyer, the buyer's agent could have negotiated them a better deal. And it, and either way he could have got paid and, you know, and, and he put in the work. So most people that have some feelings towards you are going to say, yeah, man, I don't want you to work for free. I'm going to let you know. Plus I want to make sure I'm protected. I want to go through someone professional. I want to go through a professional title company. I want to know what's going on with someone who's experienced, you, right. know, um, you know, people close a few deals in their life and, they feel like they mastered it because they got it done. But then, uh, you know, they run across uh, deals that fall apart, which uh, until you, uh, it, you know, worked in the field and had to, you know, depend on a deal closing and all of a sudden you can't feed your family, you know, like then you realize, you know, there's no guarantee on any closing. There's so many different things that can come up to kill a closing, whether it's losing their job, whether it's the loan officer didn't review the tax returns fully, and you find these things out in the middle to the end of the process, which is, is, is stupid. But unfortunately, if you don't have an understanding of the mortgage end, um, you know, these things happen. So uh, yeah, the so loyalty and, and, you know, the other aspect, uh, pardon me, is uh, if, if they're not as close, you know, um, sometimes they don't, you, you can get them to sign a buyer's agency agreement. Most realtors know about that. Maybe tie them down for six months to let them know that they're dealing with you. And also let them know, make sure they know anything that they see in the public eye or whatever to contact you first and, uh, you know, take it from there. And, you know, if they see a for sale by owner sign driving down the road to let you know you're working for them 24 seven on, on anything that's out there. And if they sign that buyer's agency, then they're also willing to pay you 3% commission 
even if that seller isn't paying. But you can, right. you know, so that that's another factor. But a lot of people don't want to, you know, uh, sign that and stuff. So I mean, it just depends. Yeah, I th I think I think the key thing that uh, that, that that you mentioned there is is really. Uh, being clear up front, having those conversations, making sure that that people understand the the agreement, the arrangement. Um, but but more specifically, like the only thing that people ever care about, right? Uh, you know, what, what what's the what's the phrase that I've heard people listen to? It's like they're, everybody's brain is tuned to to one radio station, and it's it's you know W I I T F M or whatever, right? What's what's in it for me? <laughs> and uh, and. And the reality is, if you have the conversations from that standpoint of, of talking about, you know, hey, here's here's my role in this, right? Like whether whether it's a traditional listing or whether it's a FISBO or, or whatever, I am there to make sure that you're protected. I am there to make sure that the that the deal stands the best chance that you get that you get a great deal that 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 you have somebody who's who's been through the jungle that's cut down the weeds and knows how to make sure that uh, that we're spotting the problems before they happen. Right. So that you don't, you don't get to the, get to the finish line without the house that you want. Cause that's, that's very, very much the kind of thing that can happen. You don't want to go through all this work, go through all the process of, of, of getting, you know, pre-approved of, 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 of having all the conversations, seeing the home, getting, you know, emotionally invested and then have it fall apart on you. You want somebody there who's, who's seen all the trouble, and can see it before it happens so that you you know absolutely man you had honestly you hit it so on the nose it's unbelievable um i had an you hit it perfect man i couldn't have said that better myself man <laughs> uh, that was awesome but yeah to give you a quick example i mean i had a nine hundred thousand dollar deal going um in bloomfield here um just about four months ago and right. it was ready to close and in process and uh the person uh, had went through a divorce and um, actually the husband, um, you know, owed the IRS like hundreds of thousands of dollars and all right. of a sudden that came up on title. So, um, you know, that's near the end of the process and stuff. So, you know, a lot of times you can check that out earlier in the process, but you know, either way I converted the guy to a $750,000 house we were working on before and made it happen. But in wow. many cases, you know, the, the heartbreak can hit you hard as a buyer or as a realtor, if you're not prepared for the things that can come up, just as you perfectly right. stated. Yeah, you know? and, 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 and just like you mentioned, even in those cases where maybe something's unavoidable, like you can't know everything before it happens, but you, you, gotta, sure. ask your, you gotta ask yourself, uh, who stands the better chance? The person who's living and breathing real estate day after day, or the person who's maybe done a deal or two? Right, like the the reality is the the way that the real estate agent's you know mind is going to be tuned toward what those problems could be, being ready for them, being proactive about about fishing them out. You're going to be better yeah. positioned. But even in those cases where you aren't, where where something's unavoidable, you you still are better positioned to be able to switch gears and get them into something that works, even in the case of of that one falling through. And you know the yeah. average person, uh, the emotional trauma that 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 could happen of uh, of of getting your heart set on a deal you know do, is that the point where you want to uh then you know start by yourself going and looking for another home or whatever right like no you want somebody in your corner who's still going to help you uh still going to help you make it happen still be out there looking with you for you helping to make sure that those things happen yeah and then just uh you know the respect and the appreciation for the origination of real estate we're not salesmen we're here as you know to be by your side, to be like, a, you know, you know, to really be there for someone right. know, from all right. aspects of the, you know, the financial standpoint, the good deal to whatever that person's most interested in. If they want to buy a top dollar retail property that's decked out to the max and it's 50,000 higher than anything that's ever sold in the sub, you know, it's not a problem. <laughs> you know I mean? It's not all about money for people, you know? Right. So it's something that, you know, someone's planning on living in for, in some cases, 10, 20, 30 years. So they can care less about that. They just know they're going to be happy. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I think, I think, I think the key, the key, just like you mentioned, it's having those conversations on the front end, right? Like the, 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 paperwork, sure. the paperwork matters for, you know, for, for sake of having that document to point back to. So, so that, uh, so that, you know, people know what, what, what the expectations are. But I think more often than anything, like you need the buy-in in their heart. You need the buy-in in their mind of, of why, why they're working with you and what that looks like. Just that the understanding's there. 
right? And uh, and having those conversations, giving them the examples, and and essentially, you know, being the professional who's there to say, hey, here's here's the problem that you don't even see yet by you you thinking you might want to go like you know go the fizzball route and and not work with me, right? Here's the problem that you don't understand you're you're going to run into, so you get that buy-in, you get that trust, you 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 breed that loyalty um, by by making sure it's there before you even deal with the situation. You hit it on the nose again. Yeah. So that's, that's what it's about. Preparation, Absolutely. application, execution. Man. Awesome. Awesome. So cool, man. So, uh, so at this, at this point, we've, we've covered some really great topics. We've covered, uh, you know, how, how to work with, uh, with, you know, what, what, what we call creative buyers, the people who uh, have the money, they can, they can do the transaction, but they're not really qualified for the, uh, the traditional route. Um, about how to about how to find those people, how to find the investors who can you know secure the properties to to bring those together. Um, you know what kind of properties work for that. We talked about how to uh, how to find buyers and and keep them loyal. Uh, one of the things that I like to do at this point is to dive into into just some some sort of rapid fire questions. Uh, you can you can we can expound on them. We can uh, we can go through them uh, uh, quickly. You just give a couple of thoughts. Uh, but they're they're just some some things that that give an easy way for people uh, to to have some other ideas to, to think about from this episode. Sound good? Sounds great. Ready. Uh, awesome. So what, what are, what are some of your favorite, uh, your favorite tools? Now, for example, this could be software. It could be technology. Uh, it could be anything that you feel like helps you get the job done. I've, I've, I've had people in the past, give me a, give me an example of just like even a notebook. What, what, well, what are some of the tools that, that help you get your job done? Yeah. Some of the main tools that's going to be a benefit to realtors, which I didn't know the first three years in real estate, when I was right. thrown to the walls and uh, had to work the seven days a week, and I still do, but the different different fashion, but um, you know, a little bit more stability, which a lot of people don't have in, in the real estate business. But um, you know, the the big thing is knowing how to generate business, knowing how to generate listings. If you don't have a super powerful sphere of influence, a lot of people do right. have huge networks already, so it's, it's kind of easier for them to uh you know to build listings and stuff but uh you know right. for sale by owners and expired listings are two of the two of the top ways to create listings and you know if you have the investors at the same time in some of those cases you might just come in and buy those houses you know whether right. you're buying it for yourself buying it for the investor or possibly that land contract buyer so you're you're speaking to that that for sale by owner and then that expired seller in their language where, you know, this is a possible sale here. A lot of them are like, are you serious? You know, are you just saying that? And I'm like, no, I, I'm extremely serious. I have a serious track record of actually taking these uh, for sale by owners and expireds and, you know, converting them to listings and sales. And in some cases, selling them for more than what they had them on Zillow for, for months. I have uh, official examples of that. One of them is 29732 Newberry in Farmington Hills. She had it listed for 369 on Zillow. I listed it for 379. Got a buyer for 375 within the first week. She was trying for months and actually years, um, you know, months that spring, which was two springs ago, and uh, you know, it ended up appraising at 370. We ended up compromising at 372.5. So, right. Um, and it, what's strange is. You know, a lot of people are doing the flat fee listings and independent brokers. And I tried that for only six months out of my real estate career. And it was actually the worst uh, experience of all time and stuff. Uh, right. It just, you, your listings don't get the action. You don't get the respect. And, uh, you know, things don't, you're not really opening up as many doors as possible for that actual seller. It's not as simple as just slap it on the MLS. There's right. Remax.com, you know, I'm, I'm spending literally, you know, 20,000 a year just to work for them, you know, and right. just between the, between the office and, and, you know, and the corporate office. So, right. and it, and I, you know, I balanced out what the difference is and, and I decided it's way better in my opinion to go with a, with a brand name realtor office you know, or, you know, if you're not able to offer that type of quality, we've, if, you know, you got an international brand, you got worldwide buyers, you got corporate transferees, you got you got so many different doors on top of what we already talked about that that right. a, a certain brands can offer you. So, so absolutely. So when when you're when you're tracking down Fizbos and expireds, what are, what are some of the tools that you do that with? Do you you just pop into uh, into Craigslist, look for the Fizbos? Do you uh, do you go on Zillow? What 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 are you looking for? 
it, it's, there, there's, there's different lead sources, you, you know, out there that you can purchase uh, that, you know, to, to start the old school ways when you see a sign, you know, get right. the phone number and call it, you know, right. that's, that's, you know, that's still one of the ways. And then there's just different lead sources. There's Red X and Land Voice are two of the top uh, lead sources out there for for sale by owners and expires. Cool. And and do you, you use both of those? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And then if you awesome. want to use a dialer system as well, that can help. You know, if you're ready to have some marketers, or if you can do it yourself. A lot of realtors can't handle the marketing aspect. And I actually do marketing as well for about 15 realtors and uh, right. distribute leads at a 35% referral. Right rate so i'm also open to do that for anyone who's uh in uh you know oakland wayne macomb counties and uh you know potentially washington lapeer genesee so gotcha uh, I, I like to get a list of agents who who have buyers and who also are interested in referrals who don't want to do that legwork and are willing to pay referral fees and uh, you know so ultimately that's a uh, part of my business at, at this moment as well so Cool. What, you, met, you mentioned a dialer. What, what kind of dialer do you use? What, what, what technology? Mojo. Mojo dialer. Red, Red X also has their own dialer. Right. So, um, but those, those are the only two that I've used. Cool. Cool. Awesome. So uh, my, my next question, who, who has most influenced you? Who are some, some mentors or, or thought leaders, people that, that have in, inspired kind of where you are today and, and, and help you become the agent that you are today? Well, as I was telling you earlier, that after the first three years of being thrown to the wolves and just dealing with family uh, and dealing with friends and talking to people and dropping your card off here and there, <laughs> right. um, you, know, you know, I worked for a guy who, uh, uh, you know, his name's Michael Perna. Okay. He, uh, yeah, he he was probably at about 300k a year gross at that time in 2012. So he um he taught me uh, how to generate business and stuff overall with the for sale by owners and expires and kind of more so turning it into a business than a part-time housewife type job gotcha you know, gotcha and no no uh you know disrespect to the part-time housewives a lot of them make millions of uh, you know hundreds of thousands a year by right. selling two houses a year because they you know live in a good area and uh, you know have a good good sphere of influence to Right. To make these things happen, but not all of us uh, have that uh, simple, easy route. So we got to build up and uh, you know fight, crawl, scratch, kick, and do everything possible to close deals. And and, and what the what the thing I was mentioning earlier, where I found the joy in the business is making right. the clients happy. You know, showing that you're really advocating for them, and you know, right. and then them them really feeling that in their heart. You know, for the rest of their lives, it's a pretty amazing feeling on that aspect. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good. Now, uh, the next question, what, uh, what books do you recommend or maybe, uh, maybe just sources of information that, that, that you've read in the past few years that you think would be good for other people to check out? Yeah, I'd I like thinking grow rich is a pretty good, uh, pretty good base for people. Napoleon Hill's thinking grow rich. Uh, you know, I like, uh, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, power, power of positive living and power of positive thinking are a couple of good books. And, Awesome. Uh, those, those two have helped me a lot and uh you know listening to some like les brown and certain uh guys tony robbins you know guys are pretty good uh you know uh, a lot of that stuff's free on youtube i know they say come in and you know take it to the next level of course uh spend the two three thousand bucks to come to one of the seminars and i'm sure i'm sure it works but uh, you can get a lot you know just by listening online and stuff and uh, you know as long as you listen enough awesome know, so. awesome yeah good call yeah. So yeah, yeah, so so to so to wrap it up, so the the thing that I always like to uh, like to to end with in terms of the content is, it, it, you know, if it, say say people walk away from this, what what are the top three things that you want them to remember? What are, what are the things that that are going to help their business or help them that you that you hope as a result of listening to this episode that they're going to walk away with? Well, number one that we were talking about in the first topic is building having investors that are ready to cash houses out. In some cases, you can turn those into immediate sales, whether it's for that investor to flip, um, whether you are possibly investing yourself, you know, if you're if you're getting full, in some cases we can get 100% funding on these deals, you know, right. which is unheard of, and money for rehab. And you know, I'm, I'm open to taking, uh, you know, part, take on partners from that. But uh, that is uh, the investors, 
um, getting the land contract buyers that need the private financing. So that that's one. Number two is you know pounding away at building a listing portfolio through for sale by owners, expireds, and then also cold calling, which we didn't touch on, but cold calling is the same thing as um, you know, you know, calling any random person and if I can get you the right price for your house, would you sell it? You know, you might get a giggle and say, yeah, of course, at the right price, or you might get hung up on, of course, but, um, you know, that, that, and, and that, and also when you meet people wherever you are, the grocery store, the doctor office, uh, are you interested in buying or selling any real estate? So the combination of generating enough business and, you know, once you, you know, have five or 10 pending deals at the same time, you know, you got a business flow that way, if one or two fall apart, you know, they're still flowing and you're still building. So kind of turn it more into a business. Those are the top two, um, you know, as for a third, um, you know, just uh, investing maybe yourself in, in some cases, which I didn't, you know, did touch on there, but it's another aspect of, uh, of real estate not being a realtor, but it, it, you know, it still does intertwine with your business. So, you know, if you have the funding, and you know someone wants to sell their house for sixty or seventy thousand, and they don't want to fix it up, and they don't want to deal with the process. And you're willing to go in there and spend the ten thousand, or you have the funding for it to make it a hundred and hundred ten thousand dollar house. Then, you know, you're opening up another door for yourself to kind of get ahead as an investor as well as a realtor. Absolutely, absolutely, and being being there. Uh, being able to see the options, being right at the forefront of of everything that's going on, it, it puts you in a good position to uh, to to invest yourself when you see those opportunities. Exactly, exactly. Got it. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, so yeah. So, so to uh, to wrap it up, where can people connect with you? Uh, who are the people that should connect with you? And uh, you know, what wh what are the ways that you want that, you know somebody listening to this? What should they do to to reach out and connect with you? Well, over, overall, if they're realtors, they can just connect with me on LinkedIn, you know, to John Pickell, P-I-C-K-E-L-L, -L, also known as Pickle. But, um, you know, so <laughs> you just, you know, connect there. And then if they're actual, uh, you know, buyers or sellers, you can always go to johnpickellhomes.com or, you know, just give me a give me a shout out, whichever way possible, you know, so. Awesome. Awesome. And, and, and who are, who are the types of people that you think most should, uh, should reach out to you a agents that are looking to connect on, on the investing stuff, who, who are the, who are, who are the, uh, the, the most beneficial both for them and also for yourself, people to connect with. Yeah. And then, uh, I, I would say agents who uh, come across a lot of good deals and who are looking to, uh, you know, buy them and maybe partner up on the investing end. And also, uh, you know, anyone that just needs a little bit of, uh, you know, coaching and, uh, you know, some, some direction on things we talked about today in a little bit more detail. So I'm open to that as well. Awesome. So. Awesome. Sounds good. Sounds good. So, uh, thank you again for coming on, John. Really appreciate it. Love the, uh, love the, the topics, the, the creative ways of, of working with buyers. Uh, love the, uh, the, the, the thinking through of how, how you can make sure that the, uh, uh, the buyers stay loyal to you. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, thanks. Thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it, Zach. It's been a pleasure. Have a great awesome. rest of your day, man. Awesome. You as well. Rock on. You as well. See ya. See ya. And for anybody else that's, uh, that's still watching again, if you, if you are in a market where you're looking at ways where you can connect with your market, uh, but you struggle for, for finding ways to stay top of mind and stay, uh, you know, stay front and center. I, I really encourage you if, 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 if you're looking for a strategy that, that might interest you, check out localcelebritieshow.com. We're up to some really cool things there. We're, we're featuring local businesses. It's a really great way to benefit your community while benefiting yourself at the same point, generating that interest, generating that no like trust, generating that type of top of mind awareness. What we're doing is we're helping you uh, to make that happen. We're helping you produce a show. We're making that easy so that all you have to do is essentially show up uh, on your computer, just like me and John here are talking, have some great conversations with some cool business owners and use that as a way to connect with your community uh, to generate 
real estate deals, real estate business uh, in, in a way that just everybody, including yourself, really enjoys. So uh, if you want to yep. check that out, again, you can go to localcelebrityshow.com. Uh, check that out. In the meantime, thanks so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed this content. Uh, if you like this content, give John a shout out, shout out uh, on, on Facebook. Give him a shout out on our, on, on our podcast. Uh, leave us a review. Let us know that you love the content. Uh, otherwise, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for tuning in to the Real Estate Growth Hacker Show. Remember, done is better than perfect. To turn the marketing ideas and tactics you just learned into real growth for your real estate business, visit us at realestategrowthhackers.com. If you like this episode, consider sharing it with another real estate professional who could benefit from the information. Or maybe you'd like to subscribe to the show to never miss an episode. And you can leave a rating or review on iTunes with your biggest takeaway, helping this show to reach and help more people just like you. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.